Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm compelled by the Spirit of God to talk this way to you because this is the greatest revelation of my life. The greatest thing God ever showed me was this. I'm teaching it to all the churches that are under my care. It's a little bit dangerous to teach like this, a little bit. I like danger. <laughs> Let's turn to, turn to read, read that verse, Miss Ham. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I come to find out, that, kind of come to understand that the church has given up on this. Most of the church never does this. How do they divide the word? They think they can't. They don't believe they can do it. They're lost in the, in the maze of doctrinal ideas and they just give up. Nobody wants to argue about the scriptures anymore. I love arguing about the scriptures. Love it. You want to go at it? Just let me know a letter. <laughs> There's something we, we forgot about dividing the word. That the Old Testament is not for you to, for you to live by. The Old Testament is types and shadows for you. It's types and shadows for you. But it's prominent, isn't it? Prominent in the Bible. You got a Bible there? Three-fourths of it's the Old Testament. More than that, probably. That's not, not as significant for you. Not near as significant for you as the New Testament is. It's like a nose and lungs. The difference between a nose and lungs. You don't have to, you don't have, to have a nose for, for, to breathe, but that's what you think of when you think of breathing. Don't, don't you think of your nose? Lungs are really doing the work. What's inside is really what counts, not what's on the outside. Yeah. The New Testament is about what's in the inside you. The Old Testament is about what you, how you act. Right. One of the examples of this comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And we're, bab- we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Cloud and sea. See, when he, he decided to cloud over the head, he called it a baptism. And did all eat the same spiritual meat? And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. <laughs> they never told us in the Old Testament. They never, never, never told us this, that, 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 uh, what this was in the Old Testament. We learned it from the New Learn it from Paul specifically. Because Paul had a revelation that was like no other. Given that that, that is the case, there are three forms of Old Testament worship. Three examples for us. All three were examples for us. There were three forms were what? Anybody remember what they were? I talked about this before. Tabernacle of Moses. David, the temple of Solomon. 
Let's look at this, Acts 15. Is the one and only mention of David's tabernacle in the New Testament, the first council of the church. I was supposed to read that message. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she read my notes. First council of the church had a, uh, a theme. How is a man made righteous, and how does he keep that righteousness once he gets it? That was the question. Because Gentiles had gotten saved in the early church just by faith, by hearing the message of Christ. Purely by faith. Purely by faith. It's believing the message of Christ. And the, the Jews didn't like it. They, they, they said, okay, you got it, but you gotta, to keep it, you've got to be, be circumcised. Keep the law of Moses. So they had this big council to talk it over. Big old council of all the Jews came to all the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and especially the Christian leaders were there. Acts fifteen seven tells about it. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us, that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Why did he know that their hearts had been purified by faith? Because Peter was a good preacher. Good preacher. He did what preachers do. Anytime you, you do something that's good and you're up speaking before a crowd and something happens, it makes something happen in the, in the congregation, you, you take a note of that. Right. Sam, I'll say that again. In your pocket, you keep that. That's what he did on the day, the day he was with, with Cornelius. He said they were astonished that they heard them speaking tongues. Acts 10.43 says, look at that. Acts 10.43 to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. This is part of Peter's message to, to the Gentiles, the first Gentiles that got saved. This is his message. He gets to this point and it says something wonderful happens in verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words. What words? Believe on Jesus' words. Yep. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. That's how he knew. That's how he knew to, to bring this argument in five ch chapter, chapters later in chapter 15 when he stood before the council. He said, this is how it happened. I was there. I said these words. And this happened. That's how I know their hearts were purified by faith alone because all I said was faith. I didn't say anything about repenting. I didn't say anything about baptizing them. None of that. Just faith, believe in Jesus. That's a message that religion hates. Yeah. They hate this message. Yeah. I know they do because they fight me all the time. Right. Sorry, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Worse than dogs. Children of dogs. Read on. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God? to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. They said, we weren't able to bear the law. 
Why are you trying to do this to Gentiles? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they. Did you notice it did not, did not say that they'll be saved like us? So we're going to be saved like them. It's a, it's a faith issue for everybody to be right, made righteous. It's the only way to be made righteous. Hey, if it took that for Abraham, it takes it for you. You know. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, the which tabernacle is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles, upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Okay. We cannot just take David's tabernacle and bring it into the New Testament alone. It has to come with the other things. It has to come with the other, the other, the other forms of worship. If we put David's tabernacle in there, where, where, where does it start? What chapter did it start in? Chapter 10. What's the chapter 9? What's chapter 9? Under. Tabernacle of Moses. And all the way back to Matthew 1. That's all under the tabernacle of Moses. See, the gospel that you got saved by, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2 and 3, says Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's how you got saved. Right. Hearing that message. It was never spoken in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Or in Acts chapter 1, 2, 2 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, all of that through 9. There's nothing about just believing on Jesus then. Not about your works. And believing in Jesus. Repentance. We Gentiles are the tabernacle of David. But listen to me. He put the, he put us, he put the, church, the church age as a tabernacle of David right there in the middle of everything. You're going to see something interesting. That day came to an end. It had a definite beginning. Anything that has a beginning has an end. Right. That day came to an end. In the, in the David, under David's tabernacle. It's going to have an end now, too. Let's read Acts chapter 1, Miss Anne, verses 1 through 7. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until that day in which he was taken up, after that he had, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40, 40 days, days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom 40 of day God. Seminar, 40 day seminar, think about this, 40 day seminar with the resurrected Christ teaching them about the kingdom of God. You know. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Holy Ghost, amen. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, 
Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Listen to this question. The kingdom question. It's a kingdom question. Kingdom question. Why would they ask that question? Said in the microphone. Because that's what he had been teaching on. There was coming in a day when Israel was going to be on top again. And God's way of doing business is going to come through to them. The way God relates to planet earth will come through Israel again. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. He did not say you asked the wrong question. He did not say that, did he? No. You asked the wrong, you asked the wrong timing. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Right. Yeah. Romans 11. Romans 11, 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant. The church of is so ignorant of this. The church is so ignorant of this. Of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that the blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Okay, so when's Jesus going to come back? I know, I'll tell you exactly when. The last Gentile gets saved. It says, it can be for us then anyway. You don't. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Wait a minute. What about the world? What about us? No, he came to Jacob. This is their covenant. Your covenant is their covenant first. Understand that? The Jews have a special place in God. He don't. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Wow, think of that. Paul saying this after they beat him and stoned him and treated him miserably. The Jews. He, he you know why he uh, appealed to Caesar? Remember that time in chapter 20, 26, 24, 25, 26 of Acts? He appealed to Caesar. You know why? To keep from going back to Jerusalem and facing the Jews. Yeah. Who was that Caesar at that, at that time? Nero. He'd rather stand before Nero than the Jews. Get a, get a better shake, get a better deal from Nero than them. Wow. That's, how, that's how awful they treated Paul. Look what he's saying about him. Look what he says about him. As such in the election day are beloved for the Father's sake. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. It's remarkable to me that Paul knew this. He saw this as a, as a revelation that God was going to save all, all of Israel. No matter how they acted. They acted really badly. What will come after David's tabernacle? You know, there are some over there right now that are planning to build that temple in the making right now. They found, a, they found a foundation of where it really sat. It was not under, not, not, not under where the Dome of the Rock sits. It, 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 it. They, they, they always thought it was, but it wasn't. That's a, that, was a, that was a place that was not real. It was over to the left of there. Quite, quite a ways over there. They want to build that temple. Or will come after David's tabernacle. Or will come after David's tabernacle, Temple of Solomon. That's what it comes after you leave. 
Let's talk about why Paul was raised up in the first place. Galatians 2, 2 through 9. Yes, Galatians 2, 2. I went, and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles. Wait, wait a minute. Is that different from some other gospel? Mm-hmm. It sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. You know. But privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. But you're teaching the same thing as they are. What, what difference does it make? Why is he, why is he inspecting himself? You know. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised, and that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. You know what that means right there? What, what they were spying out their liberty? They were watching the men use the restroom to see if they were circumcised. Oh, man. Have any of you deacons been assigned to that <laughs> in the men's restroom? If Pastor Eric assigned you to that duty, you quit this church. <laughs> to whom we gave place by subjection. No, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But of these who seem to be somewhat Whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's person. For they who seemed to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. But contrarywise, when they saw the, that the gospel of the uncircumcision... Wait a minute, the, the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel... Of the circumcision was unto Peter. Huh, huh. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision. That sounds like two different messages, doesn't it? Does it sound like it to you? If you read it honestly, does it sound like two different messages to you? Yes, it does. It has to. Yes. The same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen, and they unto the circumcision. Amen. Now why would James's message be any different? Because he was a Jew. It's way different. James's message is so different from Paul's. Romans 4, Paul says, faith without, righteous, faith without works is righteousness. He says it over and over, that, that, those same words. Faith without works is righteousness. James says faith that works is dead. dead. Who's right? Yes. They're both right, but they have two different audiences. <laughs> had to, to take the writing to, who it, to whom it was written for. Yep. James 1.1 1, 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. That is not you. No. It can never be you. It's too specific. Too specific. It narrows it down to a family of people. But you can move to Ephesus tomorrow, become an Ephesian. You can move to Rome tomorrow, be a Roman. You never can move into the 12 tribes. That's right. You got me? Mm-hmm. They call these, in Bible colleges, they call these the general epistles. James, Peter, Jude, 
John, the color of the general epistles. They're not the general epistles, they're the specific epistles. Paul's were more general. You got that? Many Bible colleges tell you the right opposite thing. In 1 Peter 1 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. All provinces of Asia Minor, present day Turkey. That's where they all were. Paul's message and authority are these. Right here. I want to talk to you about Paul's authority and his message. And his message. First, first chapter of Galatians. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. I mean, there's another gospel out there. Mm-hmm. There's another one. Call a gospel. Not this message. Good news. Not, not, not a doctrine, but the good news. Right. Oh, no, the one I know of was the gospel of, of the kingdom. You know. Which is not another, but there be some that would trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Wow. As we said before, so I say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. All my life I've been told to read the red, read the red, read the red. So I did. I knew what the red meant. The law. It was full of the law. Law, the law didn't come by Jesus, but he was under the law, just the same. He was under the law, just like, he, just like every Jew was. He had a great message on top of it. He brought grace with the law. Grace to save with the law. I don't know how he did that, but he did it. It was for the Jew to be saved by grace through the law. The law was the liberty law. James called it the law of liberty. It was liberty to them. They were slaves when they got that law. They got a day off when they got that law. Full day off. Nobody's going to be chasing their wife when they got that law. That's not commit adultery means somebody's not going to be committing adultery with your wife. It's a blessing to them. It was a hammer to us. It was death to us. You don't understand. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. You're going too long, Miss Ann. <laughs> There's a heckler over here. Either Paul was completely paranoid, or there was another message called the gospel. Either completely paranoid, or there was another message called gospel. Gospel. Let's look at Paul at Ephesus. Acts 19, 1 through 5. Yes. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, 
saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then it says, Paul laid his hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Spoke in tongues. So what do we say about that? Who, who was there before Paul was? Apollos, it said. If you read chapter 18 about Apollos, you see that he was in, in Ephesus first and went to Corinth. Paul was in Corinth and went back to Ephesus then. Found these people there and trained about John's baptism. Look, look, look at Acts 18.24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Oh, the baptism of John. See that? That's what Apollos knew. That's what he taught him in Ephesus. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Okay, he was preaching to the Jews, mostly. But he had heard that the Gentiles were coming in. He didn't know how to make a difference between them and the Jews. They baptized him how he knew. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, though, Christ sent me not to baptize. Sent me not to baptize. He cannot, he cannot, he cannot not send him to be baptized and not, not make him preach that baptism. So if, Paul did not, Jesus, if Jesus did not send Paul to baptize, he did not send him to preach baptism. But the others would preach baptism. Peter in Acts 2.38 did. Let's, look at, let's just look at John 3, Luke, Luke chapter 3, verse 3. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. This was John, or John the Baptist preaching the repentance of sin. Just like Peter did. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, the same message that Jesus preached, and John the Baptist preached, and Apollos preached, they all preached it until Paul came along. The New Testament has a real difference about it, too, though. The biggest difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament is that the New Testament is based upon promises. The Old Testament is based upon principles and laws. The New Testament is based upon promises. Promises of God. Listen to the promises of God. Galatians 3.14 That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Through faith. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. 
For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Hebrews 8, 6. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, mm. which is established upon better promises. Better promises. The first and greatest of these promises is found in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. There are three promises in one right here. God's promise to you. He made it. He made this promise in that, in, when Jesus walked the earth. Yeah. Number one, Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Two, and he was buried. Three, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. These are the promises of God, the initial promises of God. And that what we read in Revelation chapter 3 is the promise of the Spirit. The Old, Testament, the Old Testament was based upon laws and principles. But, but the New Testament is based upon promises. Romans 4, 3, 4, 3, let's look at that. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him, that justifieth the, the ungodly, by faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. Amen. Saying, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Notice what it did not say. It did not say, Blessed is the man who doesn't commit sin. The Lord doesn't keep a record of it. It's not imputed to you. Why? Because Jesus once and for all took away sin. I read the, test the testimonies of the Old Testament. If they're, if they're mentioned in the New Testament, it's funny how the stories in the New Testament don't look, don't look like the stories of the Old Testament. You ever notice that? Hebrews 11 talks about Moses, why he left Egypt. There says one word about him running from Pharaoh, killing a man, anything like that. He describes all good things to him. But the reason he left Egypt was because he was afraid of Pharaoh. He said, he killed a man, thought surely Pharaoh would find himself, so he had to forsake Egypt. It's amazing to me how God doesn't look at that anymore. If he covered Israel's sins, he's covered yours. Amen. Yes. I'm going to skip down to Miss Ann. James 2. Just to make sure you understand that this was written to the Jews only. James 2, 2 says, But if ye have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works? Can faith save him? 
Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea. That's not what Paul said. You need to understand Paul did not say that. He said something exactly, exactly opposite of that. Yeah. Which one is right? Again, they're both right. It's better than Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Scroll on down, Miss Anne, to the next time I see James 2. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. You know what that word assembly there is? It's the word for synagogue. In Greek, it's synagogue. Synagogue. In synagogue. The gathering of Jews. Read on. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye may believe on him who he hath sent. That ye believe on him who he hath sent. But wilt thou know, O vain James 2.20 says but wilt thou know o vain man what faith without work that faith without works is dead was not abraham our father justified by works when he had offered isaac his son up on the altar seest that thou how faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect let's talk about how covenants work covenants work by the one who has authority going first one who has authority goes first. Who had authority on earth when God was talking to Abraham? God or Abraham? Abraham did. He was a man. He was a man on earth. That's why Jesus had to come as a man, take back our authority as a man. Had to be death as a man, not as a God. Wouldn't work that way. Had to be death as a man. Amen. So Abraham had to make his first move. To get this covenant working. Abraham had to give his son first. Right. So, so God could give his son. That's what he's talking about. But he was not made righteous there. Right. He was justified, but he was not made righteous. He was made righteous in chapter 15. Seven, seven, seven chapters before that. Before the boy was born. Before he had any boys. Something like 20 years before that. Seven, seven years. Seven chapters. covers about 20 years of his life. So hear me. In chapter 11 of Genesis, Abraham appears on the scene. Chapter 12, chapter 12, he's obedient. He gets up and he gets out of his country. Chapter 13, he's described as very rich. He's blessed of God, very rich. Chapter 14, he's victorious in battle and ties on his booty. Ties on his booty. You heard me. You just want to hear me say it again, didn't you? He gets, he gets uh, back to Melchizedek and, and ties. So he's, he's, he's not righteous, still not made righteous. He's, he's, he's obedient. He's blessed. He's victorious. He's, he's tithing. He's not righteous. Chapter 15 comes along, though. 15.6 says, he believed God and God counted that belief as righteousness. Faith is righteousness. That's what it is. Faith is righteousness for you. 
they won't take you there. It is that. It is what it is. Amen. Let's look. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Your faith is your righteousness. Where was I, Miss Ann? Uh, verse 23. Yeah, read that. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Well, that's according to James. Right. Romans. If you're Jewish, you have to live by that. Right. As, a, as a believing Gentile, you believe what Paul's doctrine said, because that it was, that was for you, it's to you. Right. Romans 11. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I, I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not, what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I, left, I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. If they can be reconciled by works... And it is impossible for them to be reconciled by grace. This is specifically speaking of Israel. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Yeah. Election. All who died in faith looking forward to Jesus. That's who the elect were. Like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Joseph, Samuel, David, Jeremiah, Isaiah. All of Christ's contemporaries, uh, Peter, James, and John, Stephen, and Paul, and Barnabas, and Silas, all those were the elect of God. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. You are not chosen in yourself. You are chosen in Christ. That's what, that's what, that's what election means for us. We are chosen in Jesus. They said yes to Jesus, you were chosen. Get on, Miss Anne. And David saith, Let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back alway. I say then, Have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. You see this big difference they make between Jew and Gentile? All through the New Testament they do this. We need to keep that in mind. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them, for if the casting away of them be of the reconcil reconciling of the world, what shall be the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Listen to this. Listen to how he ties this together. 
The Jews return to God is tied to the end of time. This is talking about the resurrection right here. The resurrection that is described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That's me. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be, be caught, caught up together with them in the clouds caught up. to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Yeah, amen. You're going to fly out of here. Amen. Amen. The Gentiles coming to an end and you're going to leave here. Amen. Then, the, then the, the, the last part of, that, that, of history takes place when they build the temple of Solomon in Jerusalem. God's way of doing business goes back to, to God's kingdom goes back to the Jews. We go to heaven and consummate our day with Jesus. Verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. Read on with saying that blindness. That blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Until it's a time word. And fullness is a quantity word. So the last Gentiles are coming in. I know when Jesus is coming back, when the last Gentile gets saved. Let me, let me tell you this part. I'll just t- tell you. Read verse 26. And so all Israel shall be saved. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. God once and for all time has taken away all sins. If Israel's sins are taken away, then yours sure are. Amen. So it cannot have dominion over you. Amen. Sin cannot have dominion over you. It's already dead and paid for. Amen. As concerning the gospel, read this part, Miss. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Here's Paul who's been so t- tormented and abused by the Jews, saying this kind of thing about them. I want you to know today, God does not bless Israel because they, they love him or us. God loves and blesses Israel because he loved, because he loved Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He blesses them for their sake. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By the way, God is good to America because America loves God. But God is good to Israel because God loves Israel. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. In context, this is speaking of Israel. 
For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they may also obtain mercy. So every time you witness to someone, God has been merciful to them through you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Think of that. Amen. God's mercy reaches out to them every time you speak to somebody about Jesus. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. This doctrine is like learning a new language sometimes, I know. I know it's hard to get a hold of. I had somebody ask me, I told them this in New Mexico. One guy stood up and said, what do I do with it? What do I do with what Jesus said? I've been reading the red too. I said, every promise he made is yours. Mm-hmm. Paul told us that. What did it, what did it say? First, Second Corinthians 1 20. Second Corinthians 1 20. Put that up there. For all the promises of, of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory amen. of God. Amen. All the promises us. of God are yours. Let's recap. We'll recap real quick. Faith without works is righteousness. Amen. James James majored on chapter twenty two of Genesis. Paul majored on chapter fifteen, where he represented the Jew and the Gentile. Romans eleven, Israel is still called God's people until the fullness. Amen. There's a day coming real soon, I believe. There's a day coming. If you hadn't made made up your mind yet, you should make up your mind today. Accept Jesus as your Savior. Make Him Lord of your life. You never regret that. I promise you, never regret it one day. I never have. Bless you. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.